Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please play responsibly. For help, visit MDGamblingHelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Oh my god, Tulip. Forget the bloody haiku. Rain is a puppet. <laughs> Willow and Gus are just there, and then the couple of times that Willow gets any sort of development in season two and three, it's always tied the hunter, and it's like, yeah, I like I like that they had the plot of her trying to comfort him and everyone else, but then he came in and saved her or something at the end of it, and it's like, uh, okay. Uh, also, some of their fans can be really annoying. But that's <laughs> oh awesome. my god! Put that Dude, out of the podcast. I think Gypsy's... <laughs> I think Tipsy's goal is to make everyone turn this YouTube video off before we get to the episode discussion. Nick, can you, like, do a favor and for the first 15 minutes of this video, can you just label it as the complaint section? Skip if you don't, like, want to hear. Right, good afternoon everyone, welcome to the Our House podcast and today we have just watched the episode for the future. The episode came out one week ago and actually leaked two weeks ago and one thing I was quite surprised about was how little I was spoiled on following the leak, whereas usually I have to block nearly everyone on my followers list every time an Our House episode comes out so that I can watch it with the (laughs) A-timers. Um, so I guess that the reason that must be is because there, um, well, as we just discussed, there wasn't really anything that clickbaity which happened this episode. There was one thing, I mean, the ending thing, and I'm surprised I never ran into that. I was surprised at the tone of the whole thing. Like, it was really goofy, which is, like, fine? I don't know. (laughs) What I said immediately and what I kind of still stand by is that I mean, I say this every single gosh darn podcast, but it was like really similar to the same exact second part of the finale that Gravity Falls did. Yeah, that's a good point. The fact that it's the second part of three. You literally say that every podcast. But it's Wait, always you mean correct. Like the, the... I, I know, it's so annoying because it is like the uh, Weird Begetting part to the one in Mabel's Dreamland. There's nothing wrong with that. There's usually nothing wrong with that, especially since the character, like, dynamics and emotional states in this are very different from what was going on in gravity falls but just like creatively it feels like i've seen this kind of thing before and i wish it could have 
been a bit different, but I mean, well, that's every that's time you thing. talk about this, I'm like, wow, that's crazy. I never watched that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, I, I will say well, that. Now, now Chan, now you'll watch it and you'll be like, wow, this is like the Aloe House. Yeah, this copied the Aloe House. <laughs> The entire special did seem to borrow, to, to borrow or at least learn a lot from other cartoons that have come out. Uh, there was the Gravity Falls stuff, the whole Star Versus vibe I mentioned, which is just the same thing as the Gravity Falls stuff. Um, the She-Ra, the She-Ra thing with Riddle on Beast Island, and the whole anime-esque scenes that we got here and there. Mm. Yeah, the, 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 so, this was a Willow episode. Who expected that? You think? Like, just like... <laughs> I don't know. I feel like I have a cold butt for a heart, as Finn put it. But, like, I still am just like... Uh, like... I, I felt a little bit of, like... I felt a tiny bit of emotion in my core when she was like, I miss my dad's, and she started crying. I was like, aw, but I'm still just like, ugh. This is nitpicky, but, like, Jan, what you just said... That emotional climax for her, I wanted, like, a Studio Ghibli, like, crying from her. Like, I wanted really well-animated, crazy, realistic <laughs> weeping from her. Because it seemed like that's what we should have gotten. But she just said she misses Some, her dad's and has, like, three tears. Something that, yeah, something that frustrates me, and this is all speculation, is that, like, I like all the ideas they have for the characters. But, like, I'm wondering, like, were these, like, their long-term goals? But since they had, like literally like one more special to do it they had to just do it in like hyper speed and so it kind of just felt i think you know <laughs> to, to be honest with regards to widow i'm pretty sure they just realized shit she's a non-character we need to do something with her to make her more likable before the series yeah. ends and thus we got this episode like we got the whole back and forth of um oh i'm just half a witch widow and then you know you know my thoughts on widow half of which Willow, then Willow like, acting like she's had all this character development and now she's obviously uh, gone backwards a bit, I'm not super strong like I said I was, which is fine, which is a nice which is a, a solid arc and one of the best Willow stories we've had so far, but I think they could have I think there was a lot happening in this episode um, it still doesn't make her a strong character like not by a long shot. It's just still, it's still just more like show don't tell for me when she's just like about to cry. That she's like, no, have to keep it down, have to keep it together for my friends. I'm like, can you please? Like, <laughs> yeah. oh my god. I just, I, I kind of just felt like we were done with this for her. Like I thought whatever previous episode that was about her, like I thought that concluded this whole half a witch thing. But I mean, it didn't. And I guess realistically, it wouldn't have either. Like this is a stronger conclusion to that. But it does just seem like we've done this with her a lot. But I mean, you know, when she loses control of her powers and all, like all that stuff was really visually cool. So it was pretty worth it. But it, I don't know. They oh, I wanted done to see else. her. I want. I wanted to see her annihilate. Bosha. That's I don't. Oh, you said, I so thought that like, was going to happen. You said kill her when Basha was making fun of her there, and I was like, <laughs> well, dude, that, if they, yeah, that if they did that, if they did that, I would have I would have seen that spoiled. I think if they did do that, but I mean, I that I frame was horrifying. Basha was just like, oh Willow, you're so dumb, and Willow's glasses are just completely <laughs> yes. like lots of anime glasses in this episode. Widow went into murder mode. Like, she was about to do, like, a, a an owl house circle and just, like, summon a fucking knife through her chest. <laughs> like... 
Imagine if Willow, like, like we had a lot of Angry Hunter this episode, which is valid, but imagine <laughs> if we got Angry Willow episode. How fucking cool would that have been? Like, she can't hold it in, so she just gets really aggressive, which is something that she's never been. And then they have to calm her down so that she doesn't just kill the student president <laughs> and and that would have been a, a a more fun episode i think um but i did i did like that they tried to add some character to widow and i always like what they do with gus i really like gus i don't know how to describe it but he's a good friend character and he's not annoying and i i understand him somehow i, I like him way more than i did in season one but widow i just never like Wither more in any episode. There's been no episode since her first appearance that has made her more interesting. Well, I, th- I think that's really the, that's that's the thing is like season one, just from from what I remember, which isn't much because it was a while ago, like Willow and Gus didn't get too much development. I mean, they each had maybe one or two episodes kind of about them. But then Gus had like a few illusion based episodes in season two. And those, what, like, two episodes were enough for us to, like, get him and to, like, complete him. So, like, ever since he's just been him and, like, we've liked him. And then Willow, they just kind of keep doing the same thing over and over again, like, several times with her. It's just kind of weird. Yeah, and you know my thoughts on Hunter as well, or at least what my thoughts on Hunter have been. So, uh, Willow, the character with the least development on the show... Um, and what development scene she has being tied to Hunter, the most annoying character on the show. Ugh, we disagree. I think we disagree. <laughs> <laughs> I like I like Hunter, actually. I've really grown on Hunter since the middle of season two. Like, I, I really couldn't stand him to begin with. But he is a development sponge. Like, he gets all the best scenes in this episode. And that's good. It's nice to have a character like that. But, like, Willow and Gus are just there. Amity is just sort of there, and, and and then like the one time, the couple of times that Willow gets any sort of development in season two and three, it's always tied to Hunter, and it's like yeah, I like I like that they had the plot of her trying to comfort him and everyone else, but then he came in and saved her or something at the end of it, and it's like uh, okay. Uh, also, some of their fans can be really annoying. But that's <laughs> oh my awesome. god! Put that out Dude, on the podcast. I think, that I think Gypsy's. <laughs> I think Tipsy's goal is to make everyone turn this YouTube video off before we get to the episode discussion. I think the the weirdest part about Willow's arc in this episode was, like, the first part when Camilla was talking to her and just told her the solution to her problems and she was just ignored it. Yeah. And continued to have the problems anyway. I don't know. Oh, but that's the thing. You kind of resist that. You don't You don't go, oh, yeah, that's what people say when they always bottle things up. They don't go, actually, I'm feeling like total dog shit. They go, no, 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 I'm, I'm fine. I can keep on yeah. being strong. But that, that's else. why, that's so exactly why what, what Tipsy was just talking about, where, or Chan was, whatever, that scene where she was looking at the pictures and was like, hold it in, hold it in. Like, she didn't need to say that. Like, we get it. She yeah. doesn't have to say that. <laughs> And it sucks because, like, her, like, for me in my life, like, I definitely struggle with the, like, let's help everyone else. But then when it's me, I'm, like, really cruel to myself. And I'm, like, this should, like, hit close to home and I should be, like, bawling my eyes out. But I'm just, like, ugh. <laughs> you know, it's just, it's, like, a little annoying. But, uh, hmm. What about the other things? Uh, well, other I, wanted to, <laughs> I wanted to, I wanted to just, uh, Chan a little while ago was saying, 
he wonders if they had to rush some of the storytelling and stuff. And I was thinking about about when Kiki Mora showed up in this episode, I was like, well, I'm really glad this is a special because if this was like seven episodes, this would probably not be good. <laughs> if this like whole I mean, yeah, the like, plot like, presented in this episode took up several 30 minute episodes, I, I just want to see the cool stuff. <laughs> I mean, you're probably right. But like for me, like I was just like, I, it felt like they were like hitting a checklist of things that they wanted to include. And I was like, huh. I kind of don't care about this, which was unfortunate for me. Yeah, like, there were, like, a couple of major things in this episode which I was not fucking remotely interested in. The first of all was the whole Hexide Kikimura plot. Like, like, I thought they made the Hexide students good again, and then they were like, no, no, screw that, we're gonna go back on that, and have them be, uh, and have the Hexide episode be bad again. Yeah, like, I, I like the concept of Hexide being, like, a safe haven from the Collector, and they have, like, like a, a mini boiling aisles in there, yeah. but it was just kind of played off. I, yeah, as like I a just joke. I think that that could have just been a quick thing. Like I don't think we needed like Mule and like this arc with Basha and stuff. Like that really didn't need to be there. I wish we just kind of focused on losing everyone. But I mean, it, it, it adds a conflict to to fill the episode, so it is fine. But I think if they just went to Hexide as like oh it's like a defense force now okay cool and then they figured out their plan and all that i mean it's funny because they already did that right like when when they did that in season two yeah the day of unity was was happening that was a really good episode when they when they had like the whole hex side fighting and then it was like a safe haven i was like yeah and i guess they just did it again (laughs) that poor other school (laughs) whatever that other school is they play rugby against or whatever it's called they they never get to be a resistance force I really liked this scene with Basha and Amity, but I can definitely see the point you guys are making, which is that this episode just isn't about that. So they just, like, did it and then moved on. Do you yeah. mean when she was, like, holding on to her, not, like, trying not to let her go? Yeah. Or whatever. Yeah, I... I was torn on that. I was I... like, this is kind of weird. Yeah, I <laughs> thought it was weird because, like, I don't know, when's the last time Basha showed up? Like, I don't really remember that that being the kind of character she was. And, like, I don't know, I kind of, I just wonder what sort of implications they were trying to get like what fandom reactions and stuff they expect well, from okay, that. The, the kind of character she was was cartoon bully which is also who amity was at the beginning yeah but i thought we were done with the whole cartoon bully stuff i feel like there was never a good hint there was never a good hint of basha being possessive or lonely or whatever it's just so funny that like her like possible like final line is i mean I, i'm sure she'll show up again but one of her possible final lines is just like i wanna play rugby what is what's not rugby what's it called i want to i want to be normal and play grudgeby with my friends like holy shit that really is your entire character (laughs) 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 oh i thought like if you remember um the season one episode i had the most disdain for was the magic house one and the reason i disliked that one is because how how little empathy it had for like sasha and that entire group like it's like oh yeah she really is just some sort of asshole bully and that's what the show is gonna keep her as and i think this episode doesn't really fall down the same hole as that but it is it does go back a little bit on yeah sasha yeah. is just basha. a fucking bully and that's a bosha bosha you're thinking of sasha from amphibia 
I'm so sorry. I love Sasha. I really love Sasha from Amphibia, by the way. She's my favourite character in Amphibia. And she's the, the one of the best girl boss characters ever. But um, Basha is unfortunately no Sasha. So, yeah, I, I think they could have done better with her in this episode. And it would have been more interesting well, you know if what, they did. You know what frustrates me? is like they. I almost was like, oh, okay, I like this. When she was like, no, I let you go when... Like, you stopped hanging out with us, I let you go when you did this, and I was like, oh, this is interesting. She's, like, acknowledging that Amity went through this, like, character change, and it, like, really did shake up their friend group and stuff, but it was just, like, it was kind of nothing. But I was like, ooh, this could be cool. So I'm a little disappointed, because it was right, just... Right, yeah, like, if there was an episode about that, then they could have given everyone involved more time and more development because i like the idea of like you know like when there's like you know there's a bully group and then one of the bullies is like oh maybe i'm bad and they go join the main cast and then it's like the old bullies just kind of disappear into the background i like the idea of like acknowledging that like they aren't part of each other's lives anymore and that's actually weird and different for the old characters i like that that. i like that you (laughs) said that from a bully's perspective like if the bully said they're gonna be bad that means they're gonna be good (laughs) because you you said i'm gonna be bad enjoy the good guys (laughs) yeah exactly you know in the simplest terms i could i could express it okay so enough about bosha anything else to complain about is that what we started I know, I feel so bad. I I was, like, when we started, I was like, I don't want this to be, like, a huge negative, like, spewing session, but, like, I want to be honest. Nick, can you, like, do a favor, and for the first 15 minutes of this video, can you just label it as the complaint section? Yeah. Skip, if you don't, like, want to hear. Okay, hold on, hold on. Something, uh, something I just want to say out loud on the podcast, that I was wrong in the last episode about thinking that Marilyn and Evelyn are the same person. They are not. We didn't learn anything about that in this episode, though. Oh, I'm so sorry. You, you, you were so excited about your theory. <laughs> Isn't Marilyn? Wasn't Marilyn like the Marilyn ancestor? Is Evelyn is the ancestor. Oh, okay. Well, for oh, okay. You see how maybe I got that coincidence? Maybe, no, maybe that's not a coincidence. Um, I got like, no idea what we're talking about. That's why they called them Evelyn because they wanted to make that connection. Um, so, any anyway, I I I I've forgotten all about that part of the story. However, let's talk about Ida for a moment. Yeah. So, um, uh, uh, there was a scene at the start of the episode where she became in her owl beast form whilst trying to protect King, right? And where Lilith and Hootie both got turned into puppets. No, Lilith uh, didn't. Just Hootie. Lilith just got teleported. No, Lilith got turned. Right. I'm pretty sure Lilith got turned into a puppet at the beginning. Yeah, and they then, both got turned into puppets. And then later on, they just kind of casually mentioned, like, "Yeah, and I convinced the collector to turn you back," which was kind of weird. <laughs> Wait, he he, he, he did. I was barely paying attention for the first minute because I was uh, really confused on uh, how we were watching the video, like through Discord. So. <laughs> <laughs> nope, they both they both do. Tulip, they both do. Wait, Tulip was the hater. Okay, I'm Tulip's the, the hater. Right. Well, then Tulip, you you're wrong. <laughs> Yeah, they were both puppetized. <laughs> they were puppetized and then they disappeared. Uh, but yeah, so Ida turned into an owl beast, and then the next time we see her, Lilith has gotten her back to normal. What's going on there? Because I thought she made a pact with the owl beast, and that it was leaving her alone. You know, that does ring a bell. <laughs> like, I, that's all I can say. Well, I, I remember- don't you remember that amazing, like, Hootie episode? 
Uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's just, you know, t- tough times. Sometimes, sometimes you can't keep your word even if you want to. I mean, it could have just been more like she was at peace with it rather than like a literal like we are pals now. It's just more like this is part of me, I guess. I don't know. I, I mean, I know what you're saying, though. Maybe it can't help taking over her. Maybe it just can't I mean, help it, so. it's extreme, like, maybe in, like, extreme emotional cases, and she doesn't have yeah, the... Yeah, exactly. She doesn't have her Sunny D, so... Yeah. <laughs> sunny D. Yeah. God, it's been so long since I drank Sunny D. Me too. Everywhere. My mouth, like, shriveled just thinking about Lily has short orange hair now for some reason. She's obviously been dyeing her hair black. um, And they decided to cut it off for some reason. We saw that in the end credits, which Disney very unfortunately made super small. (laughs) I guess that the collector didn't really care that King was lying to him about Ida. Maybe he knew the whole time and was just letting King do his thing. Wait, why why do you say that? He doesn't, the collector still doesn't know, I don't think. Well, the collector knows now. The collector now. read his mind. The collector read his mind and saw him talking to Ida about stopping him. Oh, yeah, true. I did, and then he I saw didn't even King process like, that. He, could... that he really like, realized that Ida was there, too. Like a really inconvenient conversation where he was like, I have a way to stop him for good. I'm going to talk to him. <laughs> I think it would have been incredibly ballsy if King actually did mean let's kill him. That would have been incredibly funny. And also, it wouldn't have been a misunderstanding. Which is my critical issue with that scene. Why? Yeah, it's just like... Why, why is Bello still here? Like, what is happening I mean, I'm right now? I'm, I mean, if Bellos needs a host and he gets, like, a collector as a host, that's, like, ultimate power, right? Is that not his endgame? Yeah, but, like, who cares anymore? Bellos got one shot by the collector. He got his ass kicked well, that, in the finale. He got his the... ass kicked in episode I, I think... one. He's like the lich. He's like the lich, but more annoying. I mean, is but that, I think, like... Is that his endgame to... But, like, what did he need the Collector for still? I don't really... I, I guess for that the he day can of Unity create to get a rid will. He can kill... He can kill all magic uh, with a... Oh, 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 oh! There was something really important in the episode. Um, There was the book that King was reading to the Collector, and it was actually a book about the Collectors. Um, And there was a line in the book that the Collector made King skip, but I thought it was really interesting because the line seemed kind of violent i mean the line says like if, if like burn the world to the ground right if they if they didn't play along or something yeah. was that what it was yeah it was almost like it was saying that the collector is a destroyer of worlds and the collector doesn't want to be that, yeah, uh, that was the a... collector certainly doesn't want to follow whatever duty he has i mean that's a that's the thing it's like Maybe, I don't, I mean, I assume all collectors aren't zany children. I mean, that's why it's like, Bellos getting control of collector powers is scary, because at least this one's just, like, hurting people, but by turning them into puppets and making them dance, not murdering people, I guess. (laughs) Yeah, the collector has some weird logic, which is, oh, I'm not hurting people. They can just hold their breath if they go to the moon. He's completely fucking selfish, right? But he's still, like, a kid. he's not malicious and he's easily manipulated by the looks of it um which is what king's been doing in order to protect Ida, and what bellos has obviously been doing this entire time i like the lore drop that 
uh, Titans subdue Collector powers, and that's how all the Titans died. The Collectors killed them. The implication, question mark, that their name's Collectors, like, do they all turn people into puppets? Because he's like, take them to the collection room, you know? And it's like, are they... Or, I, and they called it the archive, so, like, the, the collectors just, like, puppetize people and just keep them well, permanently. This, the is... book... Oh, my God! The collectors are the Reapers! Uh, I don't get that reference! Oh, my God! That's crazy! <laughs> <laughs> the collectors are the Reapers! Is that from Mass, Mass Effect? Effect? Okay, yeah. <laughs> cool. The book talks about they exist to, like, preserve life, I guess. Like, they, they're they supposed to take species away yeah. to seal them so they never fade. That's what this says. But should I mean, they that's... meddle in our affairs, we'll clean the planet and scorch the air. Oh, you know why, uh, you know why the Collectors being a Mass Effect reference is canon? Because the brand of Reapers who are made out of a form of species that was archived and who are performing the archiving of human life on behalf of the Reapers, they're called the Collectors. Oh my god. <laughs> there, all right, there you go. An Owl House podcast first. Tipsy figured out the reference. She's the first person to ever figure it out. Wow. Screw you. <laughs> no, I'm being serious. I don't know oh my I don't god. know if other people would know something like that if it's intentional. It, it, is, it is funny. So, if, it, if it was intentional, that would be, also be hilarious. So if their duty is to preserve life, Puppets can't be the best way to do that, right? Well, that's what I'm wondering. I'm like, do they all have that? Like, does one of them turn them to stone? Does one of them make pictures? Like, are they or are they all just puppets? I'm pretty sure they're puppets because of the collector's playful mindset. And how is the collector um, yeah. trapped what? away? Like, how do collectors come to be? And like, is there like a cycle that happens where the collector wipes out everything and then it begins anew on the dead? T- like, I don't know. <laughs> doesn't seem like it though like it seems like the titans died and civilization rose on top of the dead titans and they were undisturbed for a while but i guess maybe the titans got collected uh well no they just their, died their, their bodies are they still there died. so <laughs> okay fair enough they were dead well, now it, it, I, all, it all makes sense why those titan hunter people worship them too true that is really, yeah, that's a really cool connection, actually. They were probably raised by the collectors or bred by the, bred by the collectors <laughs> yeah. in order to kill the titans. I respect that every Bellow scene is, like, straight out of a horror movie. I'm like, you're I gonna know. go in your secret cave and be like, there's gotta be another fucking body in here, and then just, like, going into, oh my god. It's, yeah, and it was, it was a hunter body, right? Yeah, something yeah. like that. Yeah. Uh, it was uh, one of the Caleb bodies, uh, one of the hunter bodies, and you saw all of the golden guards staring at him, and it's obvious they're not actual ghosts there. They're all in his yeah. imagination. Hmm. And just that, the way he's like, oh, shut up. Like, he's so annoyed by it is, is pretty good. <laughs> I So, like, I do want to talk about, like, I do find it interesting and kind of agree with you to an extent when I, when you were like, why is Bellos still there? Who cares? And I'm like, oh, Bellos is, has a purpose. But I'm like, yeah, but who does care? <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, I'm wondering, like, is there like, is this like, I don't know. Like, it's weird to have like the, the two villains because I'm like, I really do feel like I would have yeah. been satisfied with him getting one shot by by the collector. I know, it's like, just, it feels well, when like Bellos it should first be... Showed up... When Bellas first showed up in this episode, I did look at him and I was like, you're absolutely nothing compared yeah, to Yeah. Like, you know. this was proven. What are you doing like... now? But it turns out what, what he does is, like, counter-manipulation to what King is doing. <laughs> it makes sense for the story, so I'm like, it feels weird to complain about it, because it's like, okay, they're kind of in this... I mean, they weren't really in a stalemate, because King was going to try to 
do things, but, like, it's, like... It, 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 it makes sense in the story, but, like, I was expecting the story to not be so weirdly predictable or like a repeat of what happened last season you know uh like i expected it to be absolutely wild what they came back to in this i episode. guess that's and i think that's what is like kind of frustrating me internally is that i'm like oh like he comes back and tries to manipulate the collectors and, and if maybe he wants his body to become like all powerful and it's like whoa that's crazy yeah <laughs> you know, like, i mean like <laughs> Kind of reminds me of Together Again in a sense where the Lich was trying to take over Death himself. Um, that's sorry, that's I found, the it, I found it more interest. I found it more interesting in that. No, shit, that's sorry. Adventure Time was the <laughs> comparison I was going to bring up because we always got to talk about other cartoons instead of the cartoon we're talking about. Yeah, and just hope everybody watches it all. <laughs> I think it's good that Bellus wasn't one shot in the finale. I think him returning in the previous episode was a good like. What's the episode? What's the episode of Adventure Time? Where, like, Sweet Pea goes to the well and, like, the Lich shows up, like, one last time. It's just before Free Buckets. I forgot what it's called. It's the one before Free Buckets. It's a good episode. Whatever. You know what really, really... I feel, like, personally offended that I don't remember the name either. (laughs) But, like, that... That's what I would compare the, like, the first episode of Owl House Season 3 to, like... The Emperor shows up one last time. Like, this is his, like, he kills Flapjack and all that. It's like, he, surprise, he's back. And, like, and then he could have died in that episode. And then this episode could have only been the Collector. I think that's just, just he, sort of what would have made, what would have flowed better, maybe. I don't know. If the Emperor died in the previous episode, it would have been, it would, it would have been fine. Like, that would have been a perfect document, actually. Like... Because, like, the, the part of the Emperor that we care about the most is ultimately his collection to K-Bed, right? So... Yeah, because the collector, the collector has been built up so much, and I think it's rude of me to say because it's probably just my own expectations. But I thought he would be cooler in this episode, and it's like he's not really. And also, the main villain isn't. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Even him still, it's still Bellows. And but the thing is, like, I feel like, I don't know, it feels like Bellows has been built w- up way more than the Collector, but Bellows has also already had, like, his, like, 
He's had like moment. he's had like three climaxes already. But then like it's like he died last episode. That would have been satisfying. Like I feel like I disagree in the sense that like there's still so many unanswered questions about him. But I also don't care about the questions. Yeah, and I don't so know if like, they're gonna have time to even answer. Questions. You know, yeah. so it's like hard for me to defend. Are they even gonna talk about how the like door exists? Like I I I don't know what oh, kind of stuff they're gonna end up you getting know, to. Toffee. You know the character Toffee yeah. in Star vs. the Forces nope. of Evil, who is, uh, does, does, any, does anyone watch that yes. show? Yes. Okay, great, you two watch the show. So you know Toffee and how he's, like, seen as universally the best villain, and you don't find out his backstory until, like, a season after he's already been killed. Yes. <laughs> um, but, but, but he's still, he's still, he's mentioned even in the finale, right? Um, Toffee, and I, I think they could easily do something like that with Bedos, where you can find out more about him after he's dead, you know? I mean, they even have, like, they have Hunter to deliver that story if they want to. Yeah, maybe maybe Hunter can find the Golden Guard Crypt or something, and maybe he learns more about Caleb, you know? Maybe there's something left behind by Caleb that helps them in their little final battle. And we find out more about evening. We don't need Belos to be there. And I think they they don't believe that the Collector can stand alone as a villain, even though we clearly saw at the end of uh, season two that that whilst Belos has had a lot more build, that the Collector is definitely able to stand by himself as a villain yeah. if they put the work in. But yeah, like... but would that be worth losing? You know, the the, the creepy zombie scene and collecting True, I, I, that, exactly, um, yeah. Bellos gooping into <laughs> into Rain's puppet, you know? Yeah. Yeah. The... I just like I wanna know why he wanted him so bad other than like is it really just like oh i want the most powerful body there is like did i just make that up because i mean i guess that's my only guess right yeah we don't know we don't know that um and, if they and just i see where you're coming from that. and i you know i had that same thought myself like i mentioned earlier about like why is bella still here but yeah my, my point right now is you gotta hand it to him. Every scene he's in is cool. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. When he I, when his hand fucking melts into like the flesh peels off. That was so good. Yeah. They showed so like a gross. dagger with blood so on cool. it, and I'm like, yeah, are they allowed that's to do that. That, I, that was good. I was gonna bring that up. Like, I think that's just kind of something that was probably explained in those pictures that you can barely see in like the Emperor's Brain episode. Oh yeah, but I want to know what's up, what's up with that because there is like a painting in that. There's where explicitly he's a knife gonna kill painting. somebody. Like yeah, there's, like, um, I, I would like a clear explanation of that. I think the reason I think he wants the collector's body is because when he first went into him, his realm while he was sleeping, like it looked like he was like reaching towards him and about to get him, and then he had to think on his toes. He was like, "Oh, I am here to warn you," you know. So yeah. it's mm-hmm. like that's probably what but he wanted. What was he gonna do? Like. I don't know, maybe... I'm pretty sure he was going to try to possess... Yeah, I was going to say, we... I'm pretty sure it's... I just feel like... I just feel like if he just did that as he is, it wouldn't work. Like, he's so weak compared to him. Yeah. Well, that's what happened. It didn't work. But it didn't didn't work because he got caught. Because he woke up. Well, yeah, I, I think the issue is that the Collector is omniscient enough to always catch him in the act. But if the Collector is off his guard and, and lowers his guard around Belos, then... Uh, but I ha- I really feel for Rain, because they've, they've been, like, mm. 14 layers of possessed <laughs> in the past yeah. two seasons. I think I right? did see like, a meme about that before, go- before seeing this episode. I did yeah. as well. I saw that before I watched this episode, so I already knew that Belos was going to possess Rain somehow. Well, I thought it was just about annoying. the puppet thing, and then Belos took over him, and I was like, oh, really? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
But I mean, that's all. Uh, that's all fine. I think that maybe it just could have helped to have like Rain's real self show a little bit in this episode rather than have them be possessed the entire time. Like even like if they fought yeah. through the possession very briefly or something like that. But whatever. There's so much going on in the episode. Yeah, we saw like a scene with Rain just staring at Ida at the very beginning of the episode. Rain is so in love with Ida. I feel bad for Rain because I think they need a bit more character. I don't think so. I think Rain's fine. I like Rain. <laughs> I think I, like I just said, I think I just missed Rain in this episode. Like, I wish there was a actual yeah, living Rain Yeah, I, I love Rain. I, I want more Rain, and I want Rain to become an even better character but you than don't they to are. Visit them. Maybe next yeah, season. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> Maybe next season! <laughs> <laughs> So how about like what are your favorite parts of the episode one of mine was i love i mean i love Luz's mom yeah there Just, we go okay she's so <laughs> she's so cute and oh we never mentioned Luz's talisman or Luz's mom yeah i love her one of the worst podcasters ever and it's really funny it's like it's like i don't know i don't know if this is the best comparison because they kind of glossed over it a bit in adventure time sorry i'm ju- i'm jumping shows again oh, but no, like when you're so used to the magical world of a show and like in adventure time when betty like went to the current time and jake's just like a talking dog and everything it's funny to see Luce's mom be like see like a flesh street light and freak out and you're like oh yeah that's weird <laughs> like you're so, it's so <laughs> yeah. normalized to everyone else that it's funny to to go back and realize that's really weird it was funny that she thought the flesh light was weird but she thought the rainbows and unicorns were fine whilst everyone else was freaking out <laughs> oh yeah but yeah i think the, the the big emotional moment of uh Luz's mom talking to her there like before the palisman hatched and all that like that was peak fiction <laughs> that was my favorite scene too yeah <laughs> They're always really good with their emotional bits. But then this one was just a, like a continuation of my favorite aspect of the previous episode of like the, g- giving Camilla her own backstory and all that. And like th- the fact that they went further with that in this episode kind of surprised me. And I love what they did with mm-hmm. it. And her like in, her just admitting that sending like trying to send loose to that camp was just like a mistake because like I'm just I, I love that idea. Yeah. And acknowledging that. Yes. Very, very, uh, very unrealistic. <laughs> like, I but, know, but I'm like, really, God, I wish I really had beautiful. be a parent like that. <laughs> <laughs> very, very beautiful. The show has a lot of empathy for Camila as a single, a single Latin American mother who is neurodivergent and has to look after her neurodivergent daughter. And, you know, a bit of wish fulfillment with her actually accepting her daughter for who she is and being able to relate to her with their little nerdy things. Yeah. And that's just um, completely something I would have never expected them to end up doing with the, the story or that character, like, at all. So the fact that they've done it and, like, highlighted it twice, it done it really, really well, is awesome. I liked when we saw Ida. I wish there was more of that in this episode. <laughs> Oh my god, yeah, Ida was just, like, kind of okay with everything in this episode. It's, like, more okay than she's been in a while, I have to admit. Yeah, like, why was she so We chill? saw her panicking <laughs> at the end of season two, right? But in this one, she's like, yeah, yeah, it's fine. I'm here with Lilith. The King's all right. Loses all right. Everything's, yeah, I, I guess we can sort everything out later. That was weird, now that you mention it. Like, she was just kind of smirking the entire episode. Like, she like she knew, like, she had a plan or something. Ugh. 
oh that that sorry I've, I've said a lot um this episode but I, I find the tone of this one quite interesting in contrast to the previous few because the previous few episodes were incredibly bleak in nature um especially the last episode where hunter fucking dies um and i love it but in this one the only particularly bleak parts were Belos showing up, I think, and having his hallucinations, which I thought were cool. I, I like that Belos is hallucinating the ghost and is like, ah, oh, this bullshit again. But also the the stuff with Willow and Hunter. Hunter mourning Flapjack. I, um, I think the weird thing about that mention of tone is that this episode, it's not even like this episode is particularly more like hopeful or anything like that it just has a lot more silliness to it like it's not really like it has a different moral or anything than what we've seen before it's just like because it's so focused on the school and all these random ass characters that we barely care about like it just takes on a new tone because the the dark stuff isn't the focus therefore i don't think it's a strength because it's not like it's taken that momentum and carried it and used it to change the tone. It's more like, here's a bunch of silly stuff that's happening now. And Um, I feel like Gravity Falls, when Gravity Falls did this in its own arc, like, it was kind of the same way there, too, where it it felt... Oh, yeah, it was not very good. For me, it was a negative as well, honestly. I I thought the previous episodes nailed it in terms of, like, the show making me laugh and enjoying myself and also getting invested in the plot and things happening, and this one was, like, way too far on the other end of the spectrum, which yeah. was, like, this is way too goofy. And I Especially, the... like, the entire time you think to yourself, like, there's only, like, what, one? Is there one episode left? Is it just yep. one? Or... Yep. I'm like, shit! Stop! <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, like, please! <laughs> I just think it's a problem that you know, it's it's just been something with us the whole time that we don't care about Hexide or those kids, really. And that's what this episode was about. Because they've written those characters so much that those characters needed a finale and stuff. So this is their finale. And that's just kind of not what we expected. And I don't know if I accept that as an excuse, about. though. I don't know. It would, have, it would have been better if the Hexide kids got together and started a plan against the Collector than it is that they just infought with it, each other and then disappeared. I think the there were a lot of better ways they could have written in, like, endings for those characters, you know? Just, whenever I talk about this, I always am like, oh, God, I, like, I'm, I, I'm, I feel like I'm being overly critical of, of something. That, like, it's just, I don't know. I don't... You're in the same voice school as me. Like, does... Because we are very detached from, like, the greater fandom. So it's like, does the greater fandom care about Metholobule? Like... I can't... I can't imagine. <laughs> they're written to be hated. It's so weird. Like, they're written as jokes. The way that they write them in the show is clearly like, oh, here's Metholobule again. The fandom's gonna be annoyed. And it's like, yeah, we're annoyed, so stop putting them in. <laughs> do you like do you think like when they reveal his name is matt like they like squeal and say oh my god my son and then draw him like in fetal position in space yeah i don't know i don't know but that was a great joke though that was a great joke <laughs> it was a great joke it was a great yeah, joke. I, th- I think one of you mentioned this early in the episode but i i did kind of expect uh since camila was here that she would like be an adult guiding hand to the society of school children. Oh, that was. But that didn't yeah, happen I at was all. like, yeah, I was like, Camila is in here, and she's like, 
great goodness great goodness gracious i have to adopt every single child in his school now and it didn't happen and i'm like disappointed because camila would have definitely it, it, it always happens you know yeah, but instead kikimura showed up that's actually an interesting idea, like having like the only people left of the surviving society being a bunch of kids that are in over their heads, and then like they bring in Luz's mom, and she's like, okay, like let's chill out, like, and then she grounds them all, not in like a mom sense, like you're grounded, but grounded in like a let's take a breath sort of way. I like that idea. You know they were scraping, you know they were scraping the bottom of the barrel when the main villains in this episode are Bosha and Kikimura teaming up. Kikimura and also I, 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 I continue to be disappointed in Kikimura. I was gonna say I don't even remember art. what happened to her last time we saw I'm her. I'm so disappointed because uh, she's. I love her design. Obviously, I think we all love yeah. her design. And then it's like, oh what. Where's she gonna go? Like, what are they gonna do with her? And it's just like, ha ha ha! I am in charge now. Damn, they got me. <laughs> I'm like, are you serious? <laughs> Last time we saw Kiki Mora, she betrayed. She was betrayed by Belos, and then she betrayed him, if I recall. And anyway, she betrayed Belos. Um, and that was the last we saw of her. And I thought that was an, an interesting end for her. And I'd have been fine if that was the last time we ever saw Kiki Mora, but apparently not. Yeah. So I think of all the villains in this show, that they really showed what villains have outstayed their welcome, and I think that's the greatest weakness of this episode. Like, we don't think the collector is interesting enough to support this episode by himself, so we're just going to have a bunch of side characters. Thanks. Hey, speaking of side characters, we saw Amity's siblings again, and it's always uh -huh. nice to yeah. see yeah. them. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I, I love the line. One of my favorite lines was like, and he fell down into an empty well. He was like, it wasn't empty, there were rocks <laughs> in <Yeah>. it. <laughs> oh, wow. As a good line. And then he, like, breaks out of his full-body cast to hug her. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh. Uh, they're, they're, they're cute. I don't... Like... Part of me likes the, like, farcical aspect of, like, Kikimura suddenly showing up and also being an additional villain. Um, I think it's just her character that I'm kind of lost in because I don't remember what it was happening. And, like, there's just so much... There's too much in the episode that feels disconnected. I think like Kikimura feels like that's something that's disconnected from what's happening. Her showing up as a, another roadblock, like that seems fine for me because this is still the pre-finale episode. Like if they wanted to have her show up one last time, it makes sense to have her show up one last time and be a villain again. It's just that the other two villains that also still are alive are way cooler and there's like 90 plots going on. So it just seems a bit, a bit too much. I think you're right. What if they connected them together and instead of it being Kikimura, Bosha fighting uh, the the main characters whilst also there's this plot going on with uh, the king and the collector, what if uh, they were yeah, all like, just what, under why threat isn't, by the same Why threat? isn't Kikimura working for the collector? Why did they have Amity's mom exactly. do that? Yeah, that's weird. It's <laughs> just like yeah. a weird <laughs> joke. I think it's just like a weird joke on Amity's mom's character to show like she's a like asshole but it's like i don't know plot wise if that that's actually Kikimura, interesting it would make i think more sense. yeah if kikimura was the final servant yeah kikimura could have filled the exact same role where the, the i keep wanting to say bellows and saying the collector instead bellows just says no to her what if kikimura's hair was the lich hand and then the lich there we go the see that's what i'm <laughs> 
and then Lich yeah, and then the crews announce that they are doing a collab where the Lich Hands multiverse extends into every cartoon that's ever and then, existed. And then all the Owl House fans who have never watched any other cartoon are like, "What? What hand? Yeah. What are you talking about?" They're like, "They're like, you watch the show, you see a hand in the show. It's the Lich." <laughs> so should we talk about Luther's Palisman? Ooh, I don't know what a snake shifter, snake shifter is, but it's pretty self-explanatory. <laughs> I, I just I wonder if everyone else who watched this episode also was like us, who are like, oh, it's an orb. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like I didn't understand that it was still not hatched at that point. But also, I think the subversion of it, like just potentially being an actual like staff, would have been kind of cool. But I know I, mean, I actually you know, was thinking that whatever. I was like, she just has a normal magic staff. Interesting. It's kind of an off-putting subversion because everything else in the show has been about it being an animal. So I think it would ultimately be off-putting, but I think it would have been cool to just have a orb. But whatever, it's stupid. It's stupid. It's not real. I like what they went with. I like what they went with. Also, what do you think the snake shifter represents for Luz's character? It represents that she's dynamic and ever-changing and constantly evolving. Though, for a second, I thought it was a bat. And you might have heard me yeah. go, we were right! <laughs> they were right! Because everyone theorised that it would become a bat to uh, Amity's cat, which is kind of like some bubbly nonsense going on, yeah. the bat and the cat. But um, that's what we thought it was going to be. And it was a bat for, like, the very instant that it hatched. And I think that might have been a reference to that. When, um, when it was an orb, part of my brain was like, Oh, is it an armadillo <laughs> rolled up? <laughs> <laughs> so we've never heard of a snake shifter before, right? Like, I don't think so. I think it's just kind of, I don't know, like an example of it's her of her creativity sort of too. Like she, she gets an OC animal staff. I don't think it necessarily has to be a real species. Uh, true, that's very fitting. That's very m- good. Maybe her. it's a real species. I don't know, but that what I, that's not what I was thinking. I was See, thinking what it's I like thought, an OC. Well, what I was thinking when we were presented with the idea of a snake-like creature that can shapeshift is, like, the basilisks, which are yeah. in this show, and they're not yeah. animals, they're people. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah it's, a, it's a little strange, of, like, creatively for both sorts of concepts to exist, but I think it... But I like it, it looks like Tratini. Yeah. It's cute. I like the idea that it represents her creativity more than, like, I don't know, like, Tipsy, what you said of her, like, changing and being dynamic. Like, I don't, like, her character, I feel like she's always stuck to her morals, despite everybody trying to change that. And it's like... Yeah, but we saw, we saw Amity earlier in the episode says she doesn't know what she's going to be when she grows up. She only knows that she wants to make that path for herself. And I think that the, uh... I think that the snake shifter is an answer to that. It's also quite creative, isn't it? It's a very loose thing. Like, loose would be like, yes, this is me as a witch, and this is my witch's familiar. It's a snake shifter. It can turn to any kind of animal, and it's very adorable, and you can cuddle it, and it loves smooches. I know, it's perfect. It's her OC. It's a Mary Sue. It's <laughs> perfect for her. And, like, even her, like, the way she can, like, get a passionate interest in something... And then, like, move on to the next thing. Like, we're, like the glyph, she just gets, like, she really focuses, gets really good at them, and is really creative that she can move on to another thing. And her energy is just bouncing all over the place. I like the idea of, like, this ever-changing energy, kind of. That So that, they, they did a good job. Well done. I like it. How do you think, how do you think it's gonna end? <laughs> I, I mean, they just, they win, I guess. I, I guess? I don't, I don't really know what sort of, like... 
there's a lot of lore that's missing still, and it kind of concerns me if they're going to get to that stuff or not. But I guess the characters are what's important. But then again, it's like, I don't know, is anybody going to die? Like, that, nothing really surprising is going to happen, I feel well, like. They maybe it could still pointed... be great. It doesn't have to be a big surprise. Like, obviously, I'm just saying I don't have any specific prediction because I could just see it being a good, fun finale with some action and stuff. They I need Ida to... and Camila to talk to each other for more than like one second. five seconds, more than yeah. two seconds before the credits roll. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, how do you think the King and Collector thing is going to resolve? Because he does like. He's like, I get how he feels. Do you think the Collector is going to end up being, like, a good guy in the end? Like, one final sacrifice, break the cycle sort of thing, or what? He's not going to sacrifice himself. He's probably going to escape somehow. He's probably just going to leave. Like, <laughs> gonna pack his Do you think so? Like, He's just going to go to another Yeah, Disney I think show. so. What, what was the thing at the beginning that Luz saw in the Mirror World? Good oh, there point. was a guy in the mirror world. Oh, it's going to be him, isn't it? He's going to somehow what, what? be Who the collector master or something. I uh, I think I was, like, adjusting my mic volume, and she was like, I thought I saw something, and I was like, shit, I missed it. <laughs> Sorry, I know what you're talking about, <laughs> but I didn't see it. Yeah, I don't know. I, I got... Okay, yeah. Hopefully that's something that comes up, I'm sure. So it's just a mystery <laughs> it was, character? It was a golden it was a golden guy with wings. Also, a uh, special shout out to the principal bump statue. Yeah. <laughs> that was just good. made him on a skateboard. Something I like too creatively here, I mean we but we kinda said it already, but um I like the idea that the collector bringing such like glittery goofiness and like brightness to this world is what's evil. Like, it's the exact opposite of what we're used to, of everything being horrifying. Oh, yeah, I love that idea, too. Goofy is what's yeah. evil. Camilla said, like, oh, what, the little cherub is the villain, even though, like, everything is a demon? Like, I, yeah. I like that idea. That was cute. Okay, episode ratings? Oh, I forgot, I forgot that we do that. <laughs> I give it a seven. What did I, I give the other one? I feel like a seven's too low. We gave it a really high score. Weren't we supposed to do a haiku at the beginning? Oh, forget the bloody haiku for the moment. <laughs> we just do editing. School. We record. Well, we put the haiku at the beginning after we record. Uh, Tipsy, did you know forget the bloody haiku is seven syllables? <laughs> <laughs> Here's the haiku. Oh my god, Tulip. Forget the bloody haiku. Okay, so yeah, it definitely wasn't as good as the last one. But why don't I put a number on it? I don't know. Um, I, I want to give it a 7 because I feel Happy. like it's on the verge of a 6 uh, by Owl House Late Season Standards. I think this has been the easiest episode for me to rate in the past 15 episodes uh, because I just know it's not as good as the past 15 episodes. But um, but I think it's a commendable effort at the very least to uh, tie some things up and give some characters some development. But I think they could have used this remaining time a lot more efficiently. And the fact that so little was accomplished in this episode means that the next episode is going to be absolutely rampacked with so many character moments and goodbyes. It has to be. Um, so I think they've kneecapped themselves with this one, which is unfortunate. So I give it a 6.5. I feel like, yes, obviously it wasn't as strong as the previous, and we did mostly talk about things that we didn't like, because, I mean, that's that's what we gotta do, I guess. But I feel like a seven's too low, like maybe a seven and a half, but seven's I think I'll... not too low. I think I'll... I don't know. I feel like... Are you still thinking of it being better than Reed Mageddon Part 2? 
I mean, it's been forever since I watched that, but this definitely, like, it's not even necessary to do that. But, yeah, it's better than Weird Beginning Part 2 because it has more depth to it, for sure. Yeah. It's also longer, weren't the Weird Beginning episodes, like, just normal length? But I'll, I'll give it an 8. I'll say 8 for now, and maybe I'll change my mind later. But I, I don't know. That seems right to me. I think if the good parts were together, then it would have been an 8 for me. Uh, but too much pattern. Tulip, your turn. Yeah. You know, watching this episode, I I didn't feel like disappointed while watching it that much. It's more more so talking about it afterwards. I'm like, you know, a lot of the in, in this, a lot of stuff in this could have been better. I'm tempted to give a seven, but I also feel like I've been way too generous with a lot of my scores throughout this whole podcast. So I'm gonna go ahead and give us give us one a six. Ooh. Ooh. Wow. All right. Now I feel out of place. I'll give it a seven and a half. <laughs> oh my god. Nick. Chan? Oh, I, I gave it a seven. I was the yeah. first. You know, I started the seven oh. trend, as they as they call it nowadays. <laughs> oh my god! You're right. Okay, so like a seven around about is the rating that this episode has from the Our House podcast. Um, hopefully, the next one is going to yeah. be a fifteen. I mean, I'm curious what people thought about this one though, because I. I don't follow that many people, anyways, that post this stuff. But I really wasn't seeing. It's stuff. true. Like people, I scroll Twitter people a bit been and talking I, about yeah, this. Yeah, I maybe didn't see because, anything. Maybe people were being nice, and because it was leaked, like they just didn't talk about no, it. No, that's not that. the reason. <laughs> I doubt that. Yeah. Um, I saw some people talking about it, and I even asked about it on Tumblr because I was like, "Why have I not seen any leaks for this episode? Come on, I should be seeing thirty-five thousand Owl House leaks by now, or spoilers from the released episode." Where is the Owl House fandom? Um, and some people said this episode is stronger than the previous one, what? which I disagree <laughs> with what? like heavily. Um, and other people said, well, uh, I, I guess that it just didn't have much of an impact overall. Yeah. Um, I, I saw people on the Shira discords talking about this one. So these would be adult fans, right? Not really child fans. Um, the adult fans were kind of air on this episode. Yeah. Some people were really happy with it. Like, you know, there was lots of moments with Hunter and Willow, and that's an incredibly popular duo in the fandom. So mostly I saw people talking about how annoying the Hunter and Willow fans are, which is incredibly <laughs> funny. Um, so, um, so, yeah, I think it's got a mixed reception overall. It's made some people happy, but I don't think anyone is jumping over the moon for it. Yeah, I've got just... my haiku ready now. Okay, hang on. Let Nick... Yeah, you go first. I think it's just not as strong as the last one, and like, there's nothing from from our perspective, anyways, that is too super stellar about it, or even like super spoiler worthy. So I can, like, it's not like it's awful. Like, there has been worse episodes in the show for sure. Like, I feel like we Easy. mostly just talked about things that we didn't like, but it's still we only talked that way because it's the second to last episode, and we wanted it to be way stronger. But instead, it kind of focused on stuff that we usually don't care about in the show. Yeah, did you? Yeah, it was like a it's a necessary evil that they had to cover that stuff and those characters, but we just personally wouldn't don't want that. (laughs) It's not necessary at all. They could just have like one screenshot of them, like they did the whole trio in Shira. Like, do you remember that guard who took off his helmet and he kind of looked like Mytholomule? Yeah, wasn't that Steve? It was Steve, I think. Yeah, like. That's good. That's nothing. That's just a coincidence. Because, like, this episode was... A, like, Mytholomew was in this one. Like, as a major player, kind of. And there was nothing about that, so I think that was nothing. You know what's depressing? I found the, the Owl House... Uh, remember the montage they did with, like, Luz, like, show, like, coming out to her mom and stuff? I found that all mm-hmm. more satisfying than the entire arcs we got this episode. Like, 
You're just not like, wrong because I was just because I was in the midst of rewatching the episode and I that was really good storytelling that montage. If if they want to get all those things out, just do another montage. <laughs> like, uh, okay, so my haiku is: Oh my God, Tulip! Forget the bloody haiku. Rain is a puppet. <laughs> <laughs> that might be my favorite one I've ever done. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please play responsibly. For help, visit MDGamblingHelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Cashback is not available on gas in New Jersey and Wisconsin. Hey, good morning. You're heading to the airport, right? Yep, thanks for checking. I like the car. How long have you been a rideshare driver? About three years now. I really enjoy it. Isn't it hard to make money these days with the price of gas being so high? Not for me. I use Upside, the free app that gives you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get real money back when you get gas with the Upside app? Yep, I get real cash back every time I get gas. Does that actually add up to anything? I'll make around $200 to $300. Wow, that's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the Upside app now. Download the free Upside app now to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code CAR for an extra 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code CAR for a 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code CAR.